Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by Betsperts. Dive. Andy, we get to talk some football today. It is the official start of the preview series for the 2023 NFL season. Uh, fired the hell up, man. Um, and as much as I would love to spend a full hour breaking down every nuance of the upcoming Ans Jabor Elena Rabakana match, just kidding. I don't want to ever revisit that. <laughs> I'm yeah. very excited to talk Raiders uh, football today, uh, as well as uh, 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 another AFC West team to be named later. It's a it's a good week for it too because it is like the unofficial like uh, vacation week for. Mm-hmm. NFL gambler, or just gambling Twitter in general. Obviously, the home run derby is a lot of fun. We got shut out of the oh, drawing. Can't believe this. Two years in a row for you somehow. <laughs> Two years in a row. Like, and I didn't even get to watch the draw live. I was out taking a walk, and I come back, and like, oh, man, nobody's tagged me. So maybe I feel like that was a bad <laughs> sign. <laughs> like my partner didn't tag me, ask me who we want to pick. But uh, I, I'll, I'll pay attention to the derby. I had made a couple small prop bets. I didn't uh, – I, I tailed Vegas refund on a couple things I could find at the offshores on uh, the MLB draft. So I got a little extra jangle. All right. On, uh, I, I, I made money on the home run derby last year. It was the, the guy from Seattle Rodriguez. I bet him at a, a decent number to have the most home runs and to win it. So I went into the final knowing like, Hey, he, I, mathematically he can't have fewer home runs now he's won that so i just wanted him to win but man he was petered out so i uh, i put a little on him to go over i think whatever his home run total and then a couple other ones i tailed some people on so i'm excited for that other than that it is yeah baseball's off summer league is wembenaya less now yeah so, I mean, that's not any fun anymore. I watched a couple of those with some of the, you know, the impact rookies and the young players I wanted to see. But at this point, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work in the garden the rest of the week and figure out what to say about the Chiefs on Wednesday, I suppose. But, yeah, the it's July, but the autumn wind is a Raider. It's a Raider. And, yes, the first team we'll start with is the Raiders. We can do the AFC West first as is tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't make this is not our judgment call. We go by regular season win totals, so we start with the shittiest team first, mm-hmm. and we let uh, we let the market decide who the shittiest team is, you know, predictably. And yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders, and uh, last year I think we were pretty, you know, maybe bullish on basically everybody in this division a little bit. Yeah, you know the the Chargers just have so much talent if they can stay healthy and Herbert. One hundred percent. Maybe agree, yeah. maybe we haven't seen the ceiling. Uh, obviously, all of a sudden Denver has an offensive head coach and a really good quarterback coming into play, and then you know we had a we had a, another offensive mind stepping in here in Las Vegas. Carr has been you know serviceable or better and you had Devontae Adams it was like every one of these teams we're just what's the case for this team to catch Kansas City it (laughs) feels like there's a little more stratification here like there's the two haves and the two have nots with some qualifiers I think the two have nots definitely have cases to you know spree to the over 
Although I have a lot harder time selling myself on the Raiders winning like 11, 12 games to, to give up the, uh, to go up the ending of the book early. It's, oh, yeah. it's been a lot tougher despite having some good players. And I don't know we'll, we'll start yeah. with 2022, but it, ma- it makes me think of you know, some of the things like Dr. Eager talked about with the, the weak link systems and just what you see on some of these teams that are a little more fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, uh, what if the Rams building a team went wrong instead of mm-hmm. them getting, you know, instead of them getting to the Super Bowl? Uh, I think that's maybe kind of what we're close to here with uh, you know, some of the stars they have in this team now. Yeah. Um, it's been a while, two years for the Raiders. Uh, going into last year, last year was Josh McDaniel's first year as their head coach. Feels like it's yeah. been a longer tenure. Feels like it's been a more embattled <laughs> tenure than just one year. <laughs> I, for for yeah. like five seconds, I had to think about it. I'm like, yeah. So I, I clicked on it, and it somewhere Wikipedia <laughs> or somewhere it listed him as uh, 14 non-consecutive years as the play caller for New England. And it made me think of this couple I know that got divorced and remarried. And they still like, they're like, well, it's like it's, their 30th anniversary. Yeah. Like, non-consecutive. Yeah, yeah, non-consecutive yeah, years. Yeah. So yeah, John, John um, Gruden, great. yes, good point, Dan. John Gruden resigned, wasn't yeah. fired. Um, right. And that helped, this, a lot yeah. with, that helped a lot with the silly uh, first coach mm-hmm. fired. Bet yeah, Gruden, Gruden resigned. Henry Ruggs went to jail. Um, the Raiders made the playoffs anyway. Mm. The Raiders could have won a playoff game if Derek Carr didn't doink it off of a lineman's helmet inside the 10-yard line. Turns out that's a weakness of Derek Carr, apparently. Um, Very much. The And so there was signal going into last season that with a coaching change, a little bit of an offensive bump, the acquisition of Devontae uh, Adams – maybe this is a frisky team all of a sudden if Derek Carr doesn't turn into a pumpkin. And he kind of didn't really. Like, he was fair last year. It wasn't like a total disaster. But yeah, for but you know when the warning that. signs you know when the warning signs really popped up? I think it was after we had already kind of talked about the Raiders a little bit. And like after we had already kind of I – I didn't plant a flag in them necessarily, but I was like, this team should be 10-1 to 1 to win the West. Like – things go right they could definitely be there be in the, in the conversation 10 to 1 is crazy oh, i i didn't yeah. go back and listen we should, i should almost do that yeah for some of these i don't want to listen to myself do 32 teams from last year but no there's a I couple right I, I there's a couple of these right i did wonder what we said yeah. exactly about the raiders because i feel like it was it was similar like hey i'm not gonna bet the raiders but yeah. i'm not gonna judge you at a big number sure because and and really i, I looked at last year because that was my biggest question mark and you know, we get to this point, especially me at my age, where I don't remember everything that happened last year. There's like 200 and, you know, 80. I, I used to know the number and then they added a week, but there's a lot of games <laughs> regardless. And you, you kind of forget some of it. And this, at the surface level, Carr didn't look bad. If you look at his stats, you look at it, but man, him and I mean, just the team in general was really, really bad in high leverage mm. situations. Mm-hmm. They were the anti-Vikings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. That's I mean, great they, got, they got the shit kicked out of them at the end of the year by like 25. They lost. Uh, there was another game. Uh, the Saints. The Saints game. They lost 24 nothing. Just complete no-showed. But they also lost games by 5-6 in overtime. 2-1-7-5-1-3-3 three, three in overtime again. 
they had so many close losses and a lot of them were ugly. I just started ripping through the week. The week one close loss car turned it over four times. A couple yep. of them in really bad spots. The, the, uh, the week two overtime loss was the, they forced the turnover on downs in overtime That's and put right. themselves in such a, like the, the win probability at that point, I didn't look it up, had to be nineties at yeah. that point. Obviously you have the ball in overtime. You can kick a field goal to win. They fumble it, lose the ball and uh, lose the game on a defensive touchdown there. Week three, they do the comeback, can't convert the two point conversion. And then <laughs> yeah, week four, right. week, week four is you should look at, uh, just go to like the pro football reference page for Josh Jacobs. Week four is when they figured out like, oh, like uh, that. I think maybe my biggest positive takeaway that wasn't Josh Jacobs last year was the offensive line played a lot better than a lot of people were willing yeah, to probably right, give them credit yeah. for. Yeah. And that's a little chicken egg too, because Josh Jacobs, it, he ran well and that's going to help some of those metrics. But I mean, I looked into some of the the rankings that people use. And a lot of it is it's independent of that. So they, the offensive line played well, but yeah, the Josh Jacobs ran for 57, 69 and 66 yards. Didn't get to 20 carries in the first three games. And then bang, 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 140 yards, three weeks in a row. 20 plus carries three weeks in a row. He gets some usage. They actually get a win or two, but I mean, the, up 17, nothing to Kansas city. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to fault him for that. Many people have been in that, those shoes. The no show in new Orleans was ugly. And then, um, you know, there was, the, there was the, something, was, there was illness or something that, yeah, uh, that, that was a weird, that weird yeah. game where it just, they never looked right. Um, and then, you know, week nine marked their third, 17 point blown lead. <laughs> they blown 17 point leads or more three times by week nine. Amazing. Week 10, they got to be the first team to face the, at the time, hilarious hiring of Jeff Saturday. Oh my God, you're making, oh, I forgot about this. They oh, were the first team bath. to face I took a that. bath in that game. They lost. Oh, I lost yeah, a lot of money on that one. They, they lost all these games that they were put in very decent positions to win like i said the oh anti-vikings i don't i don't think they were as bad as obviously the record makes them out to be you, you know with a lot of close losses if you run any sort of pythag or you know some sort of blended pythag you're going to come up with seven eight wins mm -hmm. they were probably just below a 500 team in reality but they had a lot of turnovers and bad spots they had a very bad secondary which we'll get to you know what they did to address that and I mean, Devontae Adams just they couldn't figure out how to use him as consistently as we saw in Green Bay. I mean, that guy, course, was, yeah. guy was like three to one to be the first touchdown scorer. Well, the funny Bay thing is, I, the funny thing is, like, um, you know, Devontae Adams is one of his singular most effective additions to the Packers was inside the red zone. That guy was an automatic. <laughs> how, how many weeks in a row is he first down touchdown scorer for the, you know, for the game? Like he was super high target in the red zone and he caught a lot of those balls. He got open. He ran crisp routes and got open and he got hit. And Derek Carr, for whatever reason, just never, ever developed chemistry in the red zone with Devontae Adams. So that entire part of his portfolio was missing last year. <laughs> like it just, it was nothing there. There was no real production in the red zone from him. Um, the I'm glad you recapped their season. It was a hilarious season, like, like hilarity. You could have put together an entire NFL. The, the more I dug, the more I dug into it. Trey. Yeah, 
It's a, a hilarious season. You didn't even mention they uh, they win a game late in the season that when they're out of contention for the playoffs, they beat the Patriots yep. on a uh, on the most ridiculous play of the entire season, where the Patriots fumbled their way out of overtime. Is that am I remembering this correctly? Like it was a fumble return by Chandler, Chandler Jones that was just at like like max hilariousness. Uh, yeah, well, I, I kind of stopped the, it. It was the pitchy, pitchy woo woo that they, yeah. and they, yeah, yeah, out in a tie game, and that that was the losing play. Incredible. Um, also incredible. They lost to uh, Baker Mayfield and the uh, L.A. Rams <laughs> five minutes after Baker Mayfield signed with the Rams. He went and beat the Raiders uh, in a primetime game. Um, yeah, it was a weird team. It was mismanaged. It was poorly coached. Um, and I mean, I, I think the highlight of our preview last year was really like in the Hall of Fame game, uh, Josh McDaniels was running Josh Jacobs into the ground in the Hall of Fame game in the preseason. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. So he's like not part of the plan this year, I guess. Or like McDaniels is trying to send a message and he's going to lose this team and he's going to lose locker room before that's, they even get to week was, one. Yeah, and that was uh, part of our takeaway. We're like, oh, yeah, no. like, holy shit. Like college, he's, he's really, uh, he's really kind of uh, using up some of the goodwill in that locker room real quick here. Um, I didn't think Josh Jacobs was part of the future or plan for the Raiders. He led the league in rushing last year. Like somehow he completely utilized his opportunities to uh, get himself potentially a new contract after he's done with the Raiders this year, I would assume. Um, I think, yeah. Somebody's going to take a chance. I do want to give credit to other running backs, but just like looking at it and looking at the game situations, like game situation neutral, scheme neutral, and everything else, I think Josh Jacobs is the best running back in the league. He also turned out to be kind of a decent threat in the passing game. Like, he's a real true three-down back. He had, like, 400 yards receiving, like, 50 catches. And he was pretty decent blocking, too. And and is, you know, customary for the NFL nowadays. The best running back in the league is currently not reporting to camp. And oh, my gosh. Probably, probably <laughs> yeah. not. I, I really doubt Correctly, he reports. Yeah. Well, and... So, I mean, just a quick aside, and we all kind of understand where the league is now at with paying running backs, especially yeah, right. when they get a little older. Josh Jacobs is only 24, though. Yeah, And sure. I think hopefully his agent is smart enough, and I think that's kind of where we're at, why we're at, where we're at. It's like this can be your last big contract. Yes. This can be your last contract. Yes. And you might You might not get another contract at like 28. It might be it might be curtains for you at that point, so I don't I don't hate him holding out. I really doubt it's you know. There's been speculation. Will he go full Le'Veon? Like nobody's going full Le'Veon anymore. Like that. No. You don't want to. What did we just say? Like once you hit you know twenty seven. I mean, being a running back suddenly fucking Logan's run where you can't hit thirty and you're just, you're just done. You're completely out of the league. So, I mean, giving up a full year of your career to just like sit out is super stupid at mm-hmm. his running back. But I do, I do think he's going to try to leverage us to the hilt and try to get the most he can because he, I mean, he just had maybe the best year he'll ever have. So I don't mm-hmm. hate it, but and it, that was again the weirdest part of this whole team was like, man, you have the best running back in the league, maybe mm-hmm. you had, you know it's hard to differentiate who the best receivers are. I truly believe Jefferson 
and you know Chase and Chase and Jefferson are probably one one A with Tyreek if he has a quarterback who's healthy. Like those guys are maybe a step above everybody, but like you have a top five receiver, you have a uh, all the all the drafting Mayock and those boys did uh, high defensive picks. None of those panned out, but for some reason Max Crosby is yeah, is, you know like John Randall incarnate. Just he's awesome. Yeah, so much, so much engine. The the biggest thing on him too is like, I, I can't remember what the stat was. I saw this somewhere. He played like, uh, ninety. Here it is, ninety six percent of snaps, and he played some special teams for some reason. Like, stop playing him on special teams. Maybe that's that's what I would. Availability do. is huge for him, and he's very. Yeah, I would. I would like to keep him. Uh, keep him in the. But you, you have some yeah. really high end players, and it just. Uh, the high leverage spots went to shit. The quarterback yep. got brainwormed sometimes and lost all these close games. Like it could have been a, a much different season. I think. Oh yeah, they were coin flips. And like, and in in reality, like two seasons ago when they won all those overtime games and variance was there in their favor. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, there was probably some signal there. Um, the other two hilarious notes to the season. You brought one up, but I had it and I didn't really want to relive this, but you brought it up already. So let's go back to it. They didn't just lose Jeff Saturday in his first ever head coaching job since he was a high school assistant for his kids team or whatever. They lost to a offensive play caller that had never like had a, like a, a, the, the roles and responsibilities of knowing what the plays were. Like, forget it, never called plays before. Like, literally, they were a guy, Katie, um, he, he was, uh, like, in the groomsman that Saturday's wedding. He likes this kid. Here's the playbook. Go learn it. You're calling the plays this week. And the Raiders lost to that team, amazingly, uh, as six-point favorites. That one hurt badly. I lost a lot of money on that. Um, I did not bet this one, but I know other people that got absolutely sh- uh, smoked week 16 when it was painfully apparent that Carr was going to get the hook for financial reasons. Yeah. And this, they were playing the San Francisco 49ers who were playing for playoff seating. And you think, uh, okay, so Derek Carr's not going to start. Why is this number, uh, whatever it was, three and a half, five, six, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, it yeah, drifted all the, the way range. out to, it drifted all the way out to nine and a half. And then Jaron Stidham had his best ever day as a professional yeah, I think, football player I think that was an beating the Niners game. he beat the Niners straight up and uh, I think handed Brock Purdy his first loss is that right the Raiders beat Brock Purdy for the first mm, time no no Niners won that in overtime oh the Niners won Which, okay well the Niners yeah. did not cover oh yeah no they did not cover. Oh, yeah. they 37 34 did. Niners didn't yeah. cover right they, they didn't did cover, cover the openers let alone the closers which was yeah. like 10 points okay thank you so did uh has Brock Purdy ever lost as a starter where he finished the game with uh with a functional shoulder i don't know I if don't he has so. um i don't think gotta go so, check out gotta yeah. go check my brock purdy game log i'm not obviously i'm not prepared for uh, uh to talk about the niners today um no. but yeah and as you mentioned too is uh the two teams we'll talk about have a hilarious link outside of their division you know brotherhood but they both lost to baker mayfield in the new spots i think that was the rams only had two wins in the second half of the season i think it was raiders broncos I go look at the Rams schedule. Like, <laughs> the broncos uh, one was the slime game right that was I like 50, so. that was 51 the... to 14 or something absolutely say all right we'll get to the broncos one, one, yeah, one of them <laughs> one of them was an this. absolute yeah uh, the, the broncos yeah. rams game was was something 
hilarious hilarious oh. hilarious okay so they weren't apps actually that horrific against the spread um they finished eight and nine against the the spread uh they went over nine times under eight times so the market was pretty dialed into this team i guess um i don't remember any like aggressively bad you know or, or aggressively good opportunities to bet honor against these guys besides what i thought was uh you know one of the uh the free plays of the year uh against the colts and jeff saturday and his mess of a mess of a front mess of a, a coaching room um the you know the the disappointment of not making the playoffs immediately turned i think the hot seat up on mcdaniels the losing the locker room not really having just being a red ass and not really kind of having a lot of goodwill with anyone that covers the team or anyone that works in the building uh is a problem uh so he's definitely on the hot seat um the front office entered this off season let's move down to this kind of commentary unless you had any other thoughts on 2022 uh it was no, clear that no, uh, just, yeah um... it was clear that there was a divorce with car that was a you know game over that was a divorce that felt like we expected for four years and they finally it finally happened yeah. um, well i mean if there was ever it was it took longer than last time that we brought do you remember when mcdaniels came into denver Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't even make it through the preseason with Cutler, right? Like, oh yeah, they found they point. found out they found out like he was shopping Cutler. I don't even know if he'd like <laughs> talk to the owners or whatever. He'd like, I think he tried to get Matt Castle. That's for yeah, Cutler, and then Cutler out. found out and was pissed, and they traded for like Kyle Orton. Um, and I mean, I think that all happened like preseason. I'd have to go completely remind myself of that, but it, yeah, he uh, it did feel like that was going to happen too, like. I mean, obviously the you know, the ongoing thing where it felt like Carr was eventually going to be out of there, but it did feel like yeah. it just this isn't my guy. Like yeah. McDaniel's wants his guy, which <sighs> I guess we'll find out. That's the huge question, obviously, yeah. for every team this yeah. quarterback. But so yeah, the two major today. the two major themes of the Raiders offseason. Number one was the Carr divorce, and we can talk about whether they have a plan in place for the future and what that plan is. Um, and the second thing was we got to get rid of these Mayock guys that just aren't good, you know, they aren't going to cut it. We got to turn over this roster. A lot of these young players aren't getting second contracts. Um, a lot of these free agents that were brought in there, we're, we're cutting them loose. This was a high turnover roster. Um, a, among players that made uh, a meaningful percent of, of snaps last year, uh, Carr gone, Mac Hollins, wide receiver gone. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Andrew Billings gone, Deron Harmon gone, Denzel Perryman gone, uh, tight end Foster Moreau. He's gone, but I don't Both know what the situation is. It, Waller is traded. Moreau had a yeah. lymphoma thing. I don't 100% remember what his deal is. He might be back. Uh, he, yeah, oh, he's, he's on New Orleans now. He's on the same. Yeah, he, he's on New Orleans, um, but he, so uh, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's playing. Um, it sounds like he's got. Yeah, he's Cleveland Farrell, diagnosis. the fourth overall piss pick, who was a bust, is gone. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's it's a decent amount of players, uh, and you know, and there was a handful of swings at free agency that busted, like Rocky Sin didn't work out. He's gone. Jared Sidham left, who may have actually been the answer for you with the future at the quarterback position if you didn't draft one, which you didn't. Um, so, yeah, they let a lot of guys walk out of the building, and they backfilled with some really, really, really questionable decisions. Um, I guess you could say McDaniels is bringing in his guys in the context of Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. Uh, obviously, 
you know, Garoppolo, a former Patriot, who I think was there with McDaniels. They don't 100% remember. Uh, and then Rock, and then, uh, sorry, Jacoby Myers, who definitely was uh, under McDaniels uh, during his first uh, first few years in the league. Um, the other guys they brought in, uh, a reliable player in Marcus Epps at safety, um, decent wide receiver in DeAndre Carter from the Chargers, uh, an okay tight end in Austin Hooper from the Titans, uh, and then a smorgasbord of guys that are replacement level. Uh, so yeah, they they something like maybe this is worth doing every podcast. We don't really have segments or anything, but like if you are the kind of guy who really pays attention to training camp and preseason, like sorting out the secondary is what I'm keeping an eye on. Like they've got the offensive line figured out, you know the. Wide receiver two is maybe a little up in the air, but I mean, the difference between two and three compared to the gap between one and everything else is so big that uh, I'm not sure it matters. And I think Myers probably is is that guy, obviously. And, you know, we, we've got our quarterback. Hopefully, yes, I don't think he's actually passed the physical to get the signing bonus yet. Uh, the reports have been positive, but most reports are positive this time of year. So I haven't heard anything assault. positive. Have you really? Wait, 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 yeah. Put a pin in the quarterbacks. Put, I, I've we'll, heard, put, I've pin. Heard, put a pin. Put a pin in the quarterbacks. I've heard he's, he's on track. Well, well, yeah, we'll get to Because I want to comment on something you said, which I think is right. Like they conducted their offseason like a team that had a really good plan about what they were going to do at the cornerback position. And then they didn't do anything. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, okay, well, guys, what's the plan? Who are we going to get in the secondary? What's what are we doing here? We're no, we're not doing anything. Like they're they literally completely uh, avoided uh, addressing the position of quarterback in the off season. and that's I think that's uh, a very very fair criticism you can make because they go into the NFL with a, a bottom five secondary. Um, I don't think there's any way you can argue against that. This is a very very bad unit, which means teams are going to be able to throw on the Raiders, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on this offense. Which brings us back to the quarterback point now. Um, in your mind, uh, is going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo an upgrade in any facet of trying to build future winning football in the desert? I think Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo too is probably impossible to forward predict at this point, <laughs> and it, it's it's too much of a crutch. I, 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 I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's gotten to be almost too much at this point where it said like oh you could you could put you know the san diego chicken in for quarterback at in san francisco and he'd he'd win 12 games next year it doesn't matter like shanahan's system is just quarterback you know completely non-reliant on the quarterback doesn't matter we put mr relevant in he didn't lose a damn game like it's going too far but yeah but at the same point there is i mean there is some signal to that like Jimmy G was okay, but we didn't get a big sample size of him in New England. No, there was some spot, spot cleanup spots, and then a little bit towards the end before he was traded, and then he played the second half of the year for the Niners. And then go look at his game logs; it is filled with gaps too. Yeah, he's had so many injuries, mm-hmm. and so any even if he wasn't on the Shanahan offense that we you know claim is like just going to make every quarterback look you know above average, if not way better than they are he's missed so many games in this as well that it's really hard to judge but you know how good was he especially when he was playing some of the offensive playmakers they've had around him um and then i mean just a weird situation to start last season he was training on a different field from the team 
planning to be the backup last year. I mean, he, he, I don't know if he'd like resigned himself to, if I'm not getting traded, is this my life now? Am I a clipboard guy? I, I don't think like that ruined him mentally or anything, but he's been through a bit. So I'm not super sure if we know what my baseline for Jimmy G is. Okay. Uh, just off, off the top of my head, I'd say downgrade, but not by a ton. Like yeah. I, I looked, I looked at some EPA numbers, and it's like, well, it's a, it's probably a downgrade if I do some adjusting for scheme. I mean, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing is he's going to a much worse scheme. Um, yes, it's a good offensive line. You have a very good running back. If you know three hundred and seventy-five touches didn't wreck him last year, you have a high-end wide receiver one, so you have pieces there, and hopefully, like uh, they drafted a tight end. Uh, should be pretty decent blocking as well. Like there's pieces around him. I think Mm -hmm. Jimmy's G's ceiling is really going to come down to the play calling, isn't it? Yes. Well, two things, play calling and you nailed it. Availability. That's an ability. Availability is an ability too, Andy. And you know who, you know, you want to forward project something about Jimmy G's season. You know what the most stable parameter you can probably predict is how many games he's going to start. And at 817, He's going to miss time, almost certainly. It would be a, an exception if he plays a full season of games for this team. Uh, and that's not even including the idea that if they are not winning football games, they may elect to take him out so that they aren't competitive down the stretch in an effort yeah. to secure a quarterback of the future next year because they do have their first overall pick next year, which could be very valuable for this franchise uh, if they enter a true rebuild mode uh, type of mentality. But uh, in a, you know just in a raw presence on the field, Garoppolo, EPA per play numbers, substantially better than Derek Carr's. Even last year, limited sample size, you know, albeit uh, Garoppolo was six in the NFL, Carr was 12. Uh, he generated close to twice the EPA per play uh, that uh, um, that Derek Carr did when we exclude uh, garbage time. And weirdly enough, you go back the last 10 years and you look at cumulative EPA per play over that entire sample, Jimmy G is the second most efficient quarterback in the NFL after Patrick. I, I mean, somebody, yeah, somebody brought this up over the off season. They're like, Hey, yeah. look at this. Okay. And so like, yeah. So here's, here's key. Here's a key, the key. Here's a key distinction. That's a Shanahan stat. Right. Yeah. There's almost no I mean, way it's, that you it's can, not, it's not a hundred, obviously nothing is a hundred percent coaching, but it's very Shanahan influence. And that's where I said, like, if I look at EPA numbers, it says one thing, but you know, like, dumping the ball off to Debo and letting him scramble for 25 yard touchdown. Like, yeah, the, the, these things, these things make plays a lot more successful and a lot more predictive of scoring points and driving your EPA up. So, yeah, I I think probably like, like you said, a little downgrade because of the availability and the unfamiliarity of, you know, coming into a new team, but uh, the familiarity with McDaniels and just the, those two having, you know, cross paths before Myers being a part of what McDaniels had done. Uh, I don't hate Jacoby Myers. Like I, I thought he was a little shorter than he is. He's like six two. Like th- this could be, um, lion lion esque, where it's like, hey, this offense is kind of humming now that it's second year. Like uh, we were a little hard on McDaniels. Uh, he's able to do you know Shanahan light kind of shit where. We know Jimmy G isn't ever going to be Joe Montana, but he's pretty good with Devontae Adams bailing him out, 
Myers is the number two, a really good running back who can catch the ball. Um, the tight end progressed a little. The offensive line's playing well. The secondary still sucks ass. Like, yeah. hey, this is just a ping pong game. Like, it could be one of those teams where it's a, you know, quite a bit of scoring on both sides of the ball because, yeah. you know, we, we see this and obviously we talk about Max Crosby already and we love him and he's been great, but the the way that secondary and pass rush works in tandem and the disappointment from his pass rush mate and mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know, well, I guess we'll see. They drafted an edge rusher as well. Yeah, okay. that's a he's yeah. kind of your third. He's kind of your third edge rusher, though. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what they're going to do for him. Obviously, obvious passing downs. You bring him in. You have him and Jones and Crosby in the field all at once. But um, it's uh, it's weird when you draft someone in the top ten and he's mm-hmm. kind of blocked from starting right off the bat. Yeah. By, yeah. And, and maybe maybe that's not the case the well we, year, we'll no. we'll get to the draft in a second but let's put a bow let's put a bow on the decision making and the franchise building and give them their offseason grade um the decision to bring in jimmy g on the heels of Derek carr even if it is a short-term upgrade was a bad decision i don't care if he's all pro this year and the raiders go to the second round of the playoffs they are this was not something that you can sustain winning for more than a year and the availability question mark is always going to make this a high risk proposition you add in the potential that jimmy g's success in his life is oh was it jacoby myers that fumbled yes oh it was it was i'm Um, pretty sure it was him who threw that ball backwards yeah i think it might have been actually right um but yeah the uh the fact that he uh that you brought in a fragile player and the fact that you brought in a player whose entire resume of success may be related to a coach who is not in the building. Those are very, very risky propositions with limited upside and enormous downside, right? You've built, you've made decisions that have put you in a long tail to the bad proposition for 2023 and beyond. And that's concerning from like a roster building and a st- you know franchise stability standpoint. Uh, particularly when you consider that there are financial considerations for changing coordinators and changing coaches with that kind of and changing GMs, really the, uh, the entire, you know, franchise feels uh, financially stuck with what they got in terms of decision makers. And that could potentially be, you know, a problem for kind of keeps them mired in mediocrity forever. Um, the, uh, the other kind of major point I want to make here is if you're going to make a high risk, uh, swing on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, you better have a good plan B. And the <gasps> Raiders do not. They do not. They no. They, they have could, a really could, old guy see, and a rookie. We could see Brian Hoyer start this year for yeah. the Raiders. What? What? Huh? And, and honestly, right. like, I really thought they were going to augment their quarterback room at some point. Maybe they still do. There's people still out there. Like uh, I believe Bridgewater is still a. A free agent. I don't well, know. Well, if you're, that you're pay, I don't. I don't know if that, you're going to pay more. I don't know if that money. works. Yeah, you're just you're all. You ultimately probably are going to end up throwing more money at this position, as cash strapped as you are as an organization. Like, why in the world didn't you take the quarterback class of this year's draft more sincerely, and or just try, you know kind of shoot for another kind of low risk, low cost option instead of giving Jimmy G the contract that you gave him. Um, so it's it was a very perplexing, very very didn't doesn't jibe with their you know it's a decision that you that you just can't really defend in my opinion. 
Um, and I think that for that reason, almost entirely, you have to give the Raiders a failing grade for their offseason. And then you add into that that they came into this with the defense that has a very clear, very substantial weakness in the secondary that they just ignored. And you really start to ask questions about what is the vision here? The draft decision of taking a pass rusher who has to sit behind two guys who you're paying a lot of money and who are you know, one of whom is all pro. Like, okay, you're adding strength to strength, but you know, it's not, this is like, you know, this is great. This is a whipped cream and, and, uh, and a cherry on a, if you have a defense that's already good and you think you're going to have leads that you want to put away, that's not where we are at all. Like this is a team where their defense is only going to be successful on a given Sunday if they are generating an obscene amount of pressure. And, you know, that's only going to happen against, you know, the, the bottom half of the league, uh, you know, offensive lines. And that brings me to the kind of final point, which is if we think Jimmy G is potentially an injury risk and you have an offensive line that we don't have a ton of like really warm, fuzzy feelings about, like you are really asking for it, not having a backup plan or quarterback. Uh, and I think ultimately, even if the Raiders have success in the first quarter, first half of the season, that's something I'm not going to have even a moment's hesitation trying to bet against, uh, because a complete season from Jimmy G and this defense never kind of seeing the damn break would be, uh, like a one, the first percentile type of outcome for these guys or 99th percentile into the good. Yeah. And I've, I've said some nice things about the offensive line and like, Colton Miller is very good. Uh, the interior is a little weaker, but it's it's I'm 99% sure it's at least the same five guys, I think, which is, is always helpful for the continuity. It's still like middle of the pack, maybe maybe slightly better or so. It's still not uh, yeah. you know, a high-end offensive line. And if it regresses at all to where we actually thought it was going to be last year, then, then it's a bad offensive line. So that's another problem for Jimmy G. But um, yeah, it's, it's a super, you know, every team is going to be, well, we have to see this, this, and this. But some teams are more, well, we really have to see this. Like, yeah. what's going to happen? And the biggest thing, and somebody brought up, Tyree Wilson was an injury risk in the draft. Tyree Wilson is also <laughs> not essentially, you know, he he was a top ten pick that's is sitting behind Chandler Jones now and is going to come in on like third and longs or just you know <laughs> pass rush situations. So like you have a top ten pick that might not be getting the usage right away. We don't know. I, I like Meyer, the tight end, Notre Dame. Like I thought that was a probably a decent pick. Uh, all things considered, where he was kind of projected to go, they got an interior lineman from Alabama in the third round. Uh, the rest of, you know, like Dan already mentioned, Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from Purdue. I don't know if we're running it back, Drew Brees style. I don't, hopefully it doesn't come to Aiden O'Connell. But, you know, if you get good production out of the tight end and Tyree Wilson ends up starting, like you had a good draft. So basically to have a good offseason, Jimmy G has to start what? 16 games. Tyree Wilson has to be starting by midseason. And you probably got to have like Mike, Michael Meyer has to be what a top 10 tight end. So, like, a lot of things have to go right to justify this being a good offseason, which it's kind of a bad start to begin with. Yeah. Um, you brought up the offensive line. I agree with you. Uh, they are 23rd by my player level ratings. Uh, interior offensive line is 23rd. There is a weak side, though. Uh, the right guard, right tackle right. are both yeah. below replacement level. Um, so, 
yeah, Jimmy G's not going to have issues coming from the blind side, but uh, he's going to be under duress. Uh, he's going to get hit. And honestly, yeah. and I think stuff. I think that's another hope for that was another hope for the the Michael Meyer draft pick. Like he's decent enough blocker. Like if, if he can line up on the right side and give them some help, and yeah. because they got rid of all the tight ends, but yeah. it might actually be an upgrade from a blocking standpoint. Off season grade yeah. is an F. It's an yeah. F with upside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think there well, is upside, honestly. Because like Jimmy, he, Jimmy, if Jimmy G stays healthy, then you're not replacing him this offseason and you're going through the same thing next year. I know, I know. But it's this like, is there's really no there's really no positive spin I can give you at all. Uh the the best positional group for the Raiders is the skill position players. There I rank them fourth of all uh of all NFL teams in terms of overall talent, and mostly that is Devontae Adams. Uh, some of that is Josh Jacobs. Um, yep. and, you know, both those guys, you know, they have potential to be elite producers for you. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field, if Brian Hoare is on the field, you're fucked. If Aiden O'Connell is on the field, you're fucked. Uh, and you know, the, at that point, like if you're a Raiders fan, you're literally rooting for losses so that you can go draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Um, and at that point, you're paying Jimmy G next year too, right? Like I don't, I don't really know the contract structure there. Three year, <laughs> pay him next two years anyway. So well done, uh, spending that money there. Okay, good job, guys. The secondary right. is r- real, real quick. Duke Shelley is starting at left cornerback. Dave Duke, Duke Shelley had some really well graded games. But it didn't seem like I watched them. It didn't seem sustainable. Like I don't think Duke Shelley. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm not a big film guy. But maybe the Duke Shelley experience. <laughs> Did he come from like, Minnesota? You know, Is that where you came? Okay. Yeah, uh, I watched a few of those games. Like yeah. he was, he was, he was kind of forced into playing time. I was like, hey, this guy's actually doing okay. Okay. Well, unless I made an error, my number on him is no. It's I don't I don't think he was that good. Him matched up against an elite wideout, you are cooked. Uh, David Long on the other side, also a problem. Their best cornerback is actually your nickelback, Nate Hobbs. He's below replacement level. Uh, your two safeties are fine, but safety play is not getting you to any kind of promised land in today's NFL landscape. Um, and, you know, feel bad for Patrick Graham coordinating this this mess of a secondary because they're going to get gashed. They're going to get burned. They're going to give up big plays. Uh, the pass rush is really the only saving grace, and you can only really count on them uh, at times when they're going up against weak offensive lines. And even they have a weak link. Jerry Tillery is probably going to be out on the field for a ton of ton of uh, meaningful snaps this year, and that guy stinks. So, it's uh, it's this is this is a really really poorly composed ro- roster. Um, it really makes you step back and think, what were these guys? What were they thinking? Um, and you know, success. Would be will be an accident this year if I can yeah play. stars and scrubs but that's an insult to the actual scrubs who have played in this league. <laughs> I mean it's not it's well not actually a bunch of the scrubs that have played in this league are on the Raiders right now. So yeah I know. So yeah. it's not it's not uh, a young it's not a youth. There's the, there's that's the other thing. There's no youth. There's no upside. There's no like maybe we'll be surprised that this guy emerges because we've only seen him take some, some blah 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 snaps and he was kind of good in those. No, there's no there's no, none of those guys even on this roster. So it's uh, it's a hot mess in Vegas, and uh, they're hosting the Super Bowl. So, you know, they got that going for them, which is nice. Um, let's go to the schedule. Coach, yeah, go, somebody <laughs> just said coaching staff grade. It's I don't know, man. Like, I like Patrick McG- Graham, McGinnis but boy is, is he boy is he working with some poor ingredients here. You got uh, Lombardi's boy is the offensive coordinator. Is that is- who that is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, 
he he's gonna have a he's gonna retain his job at least this year maybe next year too regardless of what happens because yeah, um you know they don't want to pay a new guy uh, maybe and maybe <laughs> maybe the only positive i will say about the coaching i don't hate scott turner as like pat he's the pass game coordinator he's been around the league he's played with some decent quarterbacks here and there and like it, he understands the game. I don't. I don't want to calling my plays, but I think you, you have some experience in this staff at least. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Like C. <laughs> C. That that's perfect, actually. Uh, and maybe because the head coach is so important, and he doesn't seem to have any grasp on the current state of the game, then maybe it's even worse. I don't know. Um, the uh, Nick C asks, is this the final Belichick disciple saga we see? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, certainly Gerard Mayo is going to come up and coach. We're still and doing Bill we Walsh. See Steve, we may see Steel. I mean, yeah, we may, we may see Steve Belichick get a head coaching gig at some point before it's all said and done. So we are long, long, long away from people believing in a Belichick disciple. Uh, so. so schedule is a difficult. Uh, the Raiders are uh, dogs in almost every game except for one, two, three, four, five. In those five games, they are favored by one and a half or two points. So very, very, very narrow wins expected, and then a handful of lopsided margins, including two, the two against Kansas City, obviously. The Miami game looks like trouble. Uh, and then to start the season, yeah, three of their three of their first four there outside of a field goal. So not uh, – not really an opportunity to get off to a hard start here, even if things are clicking with your healthy quarterback out there. Yeah, so, some issues in Buffalo, but yeah, the second game of back-to-back is still much, much worse than Buffalo. Um, just kind of looking, you get the, the digs, you get Pickens, you get the, the duo in uh, L.A., you get the, the Vikings receiving room, you get the Miami receiving room, you obviously get Kansas City's passing attack twice. Like if the secondary is as bad as advertised and, you know, maybe this is your Denver's wide receivers, all seven of them that are supposed to be something someday get together. And it is, uh, it's going to be a long year for the secondary, I believe. So this is a a bit of an issue too, especially with that, that late schedule with some early games late in the year at KC at Indy uh Denver at home late which if Denver's good you know they could be playing for something you don't get a free win there <sighs> late by I like but having to go play a good passing offense off the bye kind of stinks even if it is at home yep scheduled loss against Miami throws add, added salt with uh Tyreek Hill and Jan Waddle on the field my god that could get out of control um scheduled loss uh against uh yeah, my, I believe what Miami's coming off a bye there then. Yeah, Miami's coming off a bye. Raiders got to travel to Miami, and it's an early start. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's about as bad as it gets. Um, the teams that they face with weak offensive lines are, are few and far between, honestly. Um, Let, let's let's do a yeah. fun game then. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you can't see the entire schedule, but I'm sure you – can locate the schedule sometime if you had to bet one of these lines right now yeah yeah uh on or against the, let's make it on or against the raiders we'll do this yeah. for every team if you had to bet one right now that you thought you could yeah. get the most on yeah is is it maybe that miami game is it's either that it's, it's it's the miami game but you risk not having tua for whatever medical reason yeah um tua's, tua's also a so I, I'm gonna creep. I'm gonna creep a little bit up in this in the standings, and I'm gonna circle the week three and the week five. 
the two home games there versus Pittsburgh and versus Green Bay. Right now, you can get the road teams as dogs. Um, I have a very hard time thinking that the Raiders coming off of a 30-point loss to the Buffalo Bills are going to be favorites at home against the Steelers. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty lopsided matchup uh, in favor of Pittsburgh, I think. Uh, and that'll be a nice bet the Steelers spot uh, where they close two and a half-ish. Green yeah. Bay could be similar. Um, if they kind of come together, you could see potentially the 3-1, and 4-0 kind of Green Bay team coming to Vegas on Monday Night Football. Um, they're going to need some referee help in prime time in Vegas to get either of those games home, I think. So, uh, realistically, I, you know, Denver week one at altitude scheduled loss, uh, Buffalo week two travel and timing scheduled loss. Uh, this is, this looks like potential for and four and five type of start, maybe more. Uh, I really don't know the first game on this schedule where I'm like, you know, that's a nice spot to back the Raiders. Do you see one? <laughs> no. Yeah. And there'll be, if we do this, if I remember to do this for every team, there'll be somewhere like, oh, here's a spot I'd love to bet on this team. I don't really have one for the Raiders, obviously, but uh, a couple people, uh, Sun Collectibles and Birdie mentioned Green Bay and the Giants, where I think, you know, you could take the Giants or the Packers at like probably plus 115 dogs. Yeah. I think they probably, there's a decent chance they close at favorites if things don't go well. Uh, especially I don't I don't hate the young receivers in Green Bay. I don't like that spot for them coming off the off the Chargers game as well. So a little bit of a yeah. rest dis, rest disadvantage with Green Bay. Obviously the minor travel advantage getting to host a, a team traveling into Las Vegas. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna stick with Miami though. We'll go Pittsburgh and Miami for these. I'll go with uh, the first time I'm gonna bet on the Raiders this season, unless the market goes completely pear shaped and out of control, is probably the Jets game. Uh, and I'm not going to take plus two and a half now. I think you're going to get well outside of three once we get to that point in time. Um, but the idea of going up against a Jets team that has weaknesses on the O-line, your pass rush, you could potentially tilt the game in your favor. Um, and, you know, balanced offensive attack, I think, could make some noise against that Jets defense, and enough at least that you could probably cover. Uh, I don't. I just don't see enough other, like, really question mark offensive lines here. Chicago potentially... Yeah, I was gonna say somebody Johan brought up eighteen to one to be the last winless team. There's they just there's some I mean, rosters that are just way worse. Yeah, the like the, the, the Chicago defense could, could uh that could be a back and forth fucking track meet as well. Oh yeah, total on that's gonna be like fifty fifty one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. nice little over spot. Um, let's uh we don't have last winless, but we have kind of their main markets. Let's take a look at those odds. Before we give our kind of final blessings on what we think this Raider season is going to look like, look at Jimmy G there. Look at <laughs> if nothing else, he's pretty 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 45 to win the AFC, AFC West, 12 to 1. Again, we talked about this early in the episode about last year. I think I would be a little more mad this year if you took it. Although, man, double digits, double digits. They weren't worst. I was going to say somebody else goes first to, or worst to first, but technically uh, they did finish ahead of the Broncos last year, so they wouldn't be worst to first. 12 to 1, probably a little too light for me. 360 plus 360 to make the playoffs, minus 500 to miss, and that win total sitting at 6.5. That is, and it's juice to the over. But man, they have a lot of coin flips. They do. They do. Um, so raw 
just raw numbers, I make this a 44% win, win probability team against the neutral team on an average team on a neutral field. Um, there's enough offensive talent that my numbers just, they can't tell you. They can, they're not in the same conversation as some of the true dregs of the NFL. That said, uh, you know, I'm, so I'm projecting them 7.1, 7, you know, seven, basically seven wins this season. Not enough of an edge to bet an over, but certainly the numbers would tell you that this, as, at, cur- at full strength, this is a team that could threaten that seven. Um, so I think this one's got to be a pass. Um, if you want to talk yourself into a long tail to the under, because of the potential for a Jimmy G injury, potential for extended Brian uh, uh, Hoyer time or Aiden O'Connell time, uh, you know, now you're talking three wins is going to be tough. Yeah, disgustingly enough, if you forced me to bet this uh, win total, I would probably, I'd see if I could find a 110, but I would, I'd probably bet the over. Like there's, there's enough coin flips for them to get eight, nine wins and be like, you know, partway through the season be like this team fucking sucks like how are they winning games it's one of those it turns into one of those teams because this roster just i mean it's not that much worse um obviously the quarterback thing is the biggest thing and like you said if you do want to wager against this uh win total and go under it's probably worth taking an alt as well, like a five and a half and a four and a yeah. half, because in a lot of scenarios where this goes under, it goes way under because you're starting Brian Hoyer for a good part of the year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's, this is long, you know, in terms of the range of outcomes, which is where we're at now on the rundown. Um, to me, long tail to the long tail to the poor. Um, and that is entirely around the uncertainty of the quarterback position. Um, you know, when I, I, so when I come up with like quarterback ratings for teams, even in my, you know, kind of pulling together a, a totality of what, what is this team strength, median expectation, blah, blah, blah. I'm including some consideration of availability. And so the Raiders take a huge, huge penalty on that for having Jimmy G as the guy and what the backup rates. Uh, and in totality, their quarterback situation, 23rd in the league. Um, and realistically, uh, uh, that's pretty split because you're getting, you know, seven to 10 weeks of a guy who could be top 10 in a good system. And, you know, seven to 10 weeks of a guy who's going to be 32 out of 32. <laughs> so uh, tricky, 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 tricky. Uh, but no bets, uh, no bets really for me on these, uh, on these Las Vegas Raiders outside of um, Jimmy G under season total props you think those are still up anywhere maybe honestly i wouldn't be hanging that shit if i was a book i'd hang hang about if i if i'm hanging you know like uh passing yardage passing touchdown over unders for quarterbacks i'm putting up about 24 of them like there's just seven eight quarterbacks it's like i don't want to hang a number on this like I, i don't need to i don't need to sit and watch a bunch of bets that have already won after week three when they're done. Um, McDaniel's first coach fired. I don't think it's a, I don't think he'll be fired. Yeah. I mean, the situation in the situation as best we've been told is that the ownership group there is not in a position to be spending more money on paying coaches who aren't coaching. And for that reason, the McDaniels probably sees this to its completion one way or the other. 
Um, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that he gets axed midseason, even if he truly loses the locker room, which is another reason that there's a long tail to the under because he could definitely lose these guys, and you could have people like Devonte Adams making serious noise about wanting out. Um, you could have guys like Max Crosby deciding I need to save my legs for my future and <laughs> not really put myself in harm's way this year. Um, I don't think he's built like that, but he could. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, realistically, this is, uh, yeah, then, you know, they could surprise. Like I said, like there's enough, you know, if you have, if you have a, as talented a skill position room as they have, um, then at a minimum, you're going to be able to score your way into some games. And if you can win a couple of those coin flips, then now you're in good shape. Maybe. Probably not, though. Yeah. Um, so, betting a plan of attack in terms of in-games, because there was a bunch of uh, saw a bunch of primetime <laughs> spots. Raiders are going to be a primetime bunch, Andy. We need a plan. How are you going to deal with these guys? <clears throat> so, like you mentioned, they were pretty close to market in their totals last year as well. Oh, at like 9 and 8 to the over. And it feels like I'm going to be tempted to bet this team is an over team a bunch, but I really need to see the offense work first mm-hmm. because I mean, th- there's a few spots like that. Like I feel like maybe even that, uh, God, what was it? The saints game. Like maybe uh, that was one. I-, I had a couple totals where it's like, man, so Raiders total looks low. Like that offense is kind of moving here and there. And then they'd go out and just no show. The first week is the, the Chargers was the one. Yeah, example. The, there's been a few yeah. of that. So, like, if they're up against a good passing game and a bad secondary, obviously, like that, the Minnesota matchup, I don't think Minnesota's secondary is going to be magically, you know, but I think it honestly could be worse. And the secondary is bad, and you have two of the, the top five receivers in the game, and your quarterbacks are healthy, offensive lines are playing good. Like, yeah, I don't care if it's 51, 52. I might still be looking at that over, especially some in-game stuff. So kind of got to figure out what we're going to get from this offense. If it's if it's going to hum, then maybe we do have a bit of an over team that we can play on early mm. this season. And um, I guess the, another good thing to track is the second half adjustments. I wasn't crazy about them last year from mm. McDaniels. Um Maybe a little more, a little more experience with running that sort of thing helps, but I didn't love them. I should go look at their second half ATS to see if it was. It probably contradicts what I said because they had some weird games where it's like, man, they're way behind and they had to score a bunch. But I didn't, I didn't love what they did with halftime adjustments as well. So one signal in their schedule from last year, by the way, um, home games went over. to the tune of six and one if you throw out week 17 um the or week 18 uh yeah then they went over by a decent amount uh the only home game that was basically neutral that didn't get there uh oh sorry six and they were six and three uh at home to the over the final game of the season against kansas city didn't get there because they only scored 13 uh didn't get there against indianapolis because that was weird and then uh the week two total was 51 and a half and they just knocked it on the door but a bunch of them flew over the total at including at home to denver houston um and uh, uh new england and san francisco so maybe just i isolate spots where they're up against uh you know a offense a defense that can't necessarily generate a ton of pressure uh with a healthy quarterback and they're at home then 
this is like a team that should probably be lined in the 55 range. So those are the spots we want to look for. Yeah, and uh, someone in chat there brings up, um, um, Birdie brings up the pace. It's it's tough to kind of speculate on that too with a new quarterback. It's something we'll have to watch too, what kind of pace they're going to run. Yeah, yeah. I don't think tough. we're ever going to see the uh, – God, what was uh what was our coach in well that's actually actually you know what hey Chip real Kelly? quick this is maybe final final thought bunch of road games early bunch of good defenses early this could be a team where the market's like halfway through the season we're like they're in the 46 range and then all of a sudden they play some softer defenses at home and uh they're primed to pop some overs that's a i think that's how this plays that check out yeah, they were they were on the slower end last year as far as seconds between plays, but different quarterback, kind of probably a little bit of a, a different look on this offense. Obviously, with you have a different quarterback, so something to look at. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll monitor the Raiders. So this is our. Where did you have them as a whole? And it was like twenty eighth. Your overall, your you would rank them twenty eighth. Yeah, which is crazy because yeah, I I started to. If you go just strictly player rankings, obviously yeah. it's, you're forcing it. You're forcing it higher because you have some stars. But I kind of made some adjustments based on the fact that like stars alone don't win games. So they kind of have a range. Their range is probably twenty to twenty. I'm, I'm at the bottom of it. Like th- that would be a if they were one of the four worst teams in the league, that would be very disappointing for everyone involved. I think. Yeah, I think they're kind of mid to low 20s yeah yeah 23 to 26 is their range for me okay good job oh, should, we do the, the should we do the dramatic pause one down clip this one down 31 to go dan you can hit the music 